The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got a great hour coming up for you as Danielle Avari. She does a great job here at the network taking a look at just everything that we're getting in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of West Coast Hoops. I'm getting choked up just thinking about how great it's going to be to take a look at the Pac-12 in about 15 minutes, taking a look at the college football landscape over there. And what we all saw in terms of the college football playoff poll as well, USC, a one-loss team currently behind a two-loss LSU. So that makes things very fascinating, to say the least. And then coming up in about 45 minutes, we're going to be joined by Grant Mitchell. He does a great job over there at Forbes. He's a podcast host that does terrific work in terms of the NFL. We're going to be taking a look to see what we are going to be getting on that front as well. So we've got a great hour coming up. And in the middle, we're going to be talking a little bit of college basketball, including giving you guys my DK Nation pick. And I do think that it's important that I give this one out right now because not a ton of books are offering this number as of right now. I know that on the books out here in Las Vegas, they typically do not post up the extra games until the AM, which is a crying shame. But I know that some of you guys have access to this and We've been seeing some, shall we say, global movement in terms of this one. But that said, let's head to it. 306-631, 306-632. Bellarmine is going to be on the road against Louisville. And most places open this up with Louisville being a 12 to a 12 and a half point favorite. And 
This is a number that is getting throttled down, down, down. I am still seeing out there at BetMGM as I look right now. Bellarmine, you're able to get 12 and a half as I do this live. And your total on this game, you're finding it right around a 135 to a 135 and a half. Reason I wrote this thing up is because I made Bellarmine a five and a half point underdog. This is a Louisville team that they lost to Lenoir Ryan in an exhibition matchup a few weeks ago. They lost and they scored 49 points against a Lenoir Ryan bunch that at the D2 level last year they went 10 and 18. Now I recognize that they added a few guys via the transfer portal, but let's call it what it is. They lost to a D2 team that went 10 and 18 last season. This is a Louisville team that stinks in terms of their backcourt. The backward is L. Ellis, L. Ellis, and L. Ellis. They have nobody else in terms of their backcourt. They were in on every single transfer, and they just came up snake eyes on every single one of them. I do think that Kenny Payne is going to be able to get things online. I do think that he's a solid hire for Louisville, but boy, oh boy, I am not feeling bullish about them for this upcoming 2022-23 season. Meanwhile, for Bellerman, this is pretty much your Super Bowl. Because for Bellarmine, keep in mind that they're still in sort of that transitionary period because they won the Atlantic Sun Tournament last season, but they were unable to go to the NCAA Tournament. There's just a stupid rule that the NCAA has in which you have to be at the NCAA Tournament for a full three years before in year number one, you can finally go to the NCAA Tournament. And for Bellarmine, guess where they're located in? The city of Louisville. This is an intra-city rivalry between these two and... For Bellarmine, they do have to replace quite a bit of what made them successful last season. You do have Dylan Penn, who was able to give the team 16.5 points, 5 assists per contest, so that is going to be hurting them. But you do have guys like Justin Betts, along with Kurt Hoff back in the fold. They combined for 14 points. Betts, he's a versatile player. He was able to give the team 7 rebounds, 3 assists. He's a 6-3, do-it-all sort of player. So I do like the outlook on him. Bellarmine has been able to do a solid job of just Staying within the market, being able to get a lot of guys that are from very nearby state of Indiana to be able to stay in state or to be able to stay very close and local and play for the school. So I do commend them on that. And I do think that that is going to be paying dividends for them. They also bring in Langdon Hatton, who is playing last year at William and Mary. And I do like some of the transfers that did come in for Louisville. Some like a Brandon Hartfield Hetfield. He was coming in after. He was over at Tennessee, Huntley Hetfield. That is the way that you say it. I got my last names all tongue twisted as it's a long one, but that's it. He's a former top 75 recruit. He was able to put up right around three rebounds per contest while he was at Tennessee. Very solid big man, but at the same time, he got nothing but big men for the Tennessee team. Jalen Withers, a very nice big man. But unless if you want to play like four forwards and one guard out there at the same time, it's not going to be going too well for you. For Louisville, it's just a little bit of a disjointed bunch, and I just have fears as to the way that they're going to be able to put the ball in the basket in general. I did set my total at 130.5. Bellarmine, since they joined from the D2 level in their two seasons, they have ranked in the bottom 25 in terms of possessions per game in each of those two seasons. Now, defense was not necessarily the world's greatest last season. I do think that they're going to need to do a solid job on that front, and I do think that they're going to be able to do a much more solid job, and for Louisville... Fortunately for them, Georgia Tech exists out there in the ACC, or else they would probably be the worst team in that conference right now. I set Louisville a 5.5-point favorite, so whether you've got still the 12.5 available to you, and there are a few that are available as I do this right now, or 
If you're seeing a lot of the movement down to like nine and a half, ten, something of that nature, I do like the points here with Bellerman. I'm willing to take them as long as you're getting six plus. And when it comes to the spot, I'm also going to be taking a look at this total under. When it comes to the extra games board, by the way, how about if we stick with this scene? Because I'm seeing a little bit of value when it comes to this game as well. 306, 627, 306, 628. American and Maris are doing battle and seeing much less line movement in terms of this one. Maris is a two and a half point favorite, and your total on this game is between 132 and 132 and a half. And when it comes to the Foxes and Maris, I did set them as a seven point favorite. They're a team that they're in quite a bit of transition after they lose guys like Raheem Sullivan, Jay Otika, that made the team so successful last season. But I do think that you're going to be able to see. The rise up of a guy that as a freshman was able to do a solid job. It's fallen on some times ever since then. That would be Tyler St. Fursey. St. Fursey last season, two rebounds, a point per game, very pedestrian. If you go back to his freshman season, though, he lit it up from three-point range shooting, 37.5% per three, six and a half points, a little bit over a steal per contest as a six foot four do-it-all sort of player. I think that he's going to be in for a big season. He's going to be able to step up with a lot of guys from last season out of the fold. And then I like the sharpshooter that they bring in for Robert Morris. His name is Cam Ferris. In two seasons with good old Bobby Morris, he shot 42.5% from three, while attempting over four and a half threes per contest. So a high volume three-point shooter is able to give the team nine points per game. Now, he doesn't do a lot in terms of like facilitating, grabbing rebounds, things of that nature. So that is going to be a little bit tough for them. So that means that Patrick Gardner, the gentleman that they bring in from the non-D1 level, he's going to need to step up along with the main transfer and Stefan Ingo. Ingo, two and a half blocks per contest each of the last two seasons while he was playing for Maine. And for American, they don't have a single guy last season that averaged more than 4.9 rebounds per game. That would be Johnny O'Neill. And O'Neill does have a little bit of versatility. He was able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range. So I do like his overall outlook. Victor Brown Jr., someone that last season really couldn't see the floor for them. I do think that he's got a little bit of upside, though. He comes into the program, and we've also got Connor Nelson. Six-foot-six six combo player last season, 7.5 points per contest, shot 34% from three-point range, but this is an American team that they've got all sorts of words in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis, one of the lesser teams in all of college basketball. And for American, just not a team that's going to be able to pull in there a lot of rebounds. I do think that guys like Ingo and company going to be able to control the glass against an American team that they were, in terms of total rebounds per game, 343rd in all of college basketball last season. A bunch that really did not do a good job of being able to guard as well as they were outside the top 250 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. So got all sorts of issues on that front, and I do think that it's going to allow Maris to, despite the fact that they are dealing with a little bit of transition, be able to control this game. And for Maris, never necessarily an up-tempo team. American, they themselves were just unable to get a lot of flow going. They were in the bottom 25 in all of college basketball in terms of both total points and points scored on a per-possession basis. So this, for me, is an underplay. I set my total at a 129. And when it comes to Maris, set them more around a 7-point favorite sum. I'm going to be willing to lay it with them. How about if we go back to the normal Las Vegas betting board? Because I do think that this game is also very intriguing. 771, 772 on the betting board. UMKC, the good old kangaroos, they are going to be on the road facing off against LSU. LSU, between a 21.5 to a 22.5 point underdog. DraftKings right in the middle of that at 22. And for Tallinn's game, it is 142.5. UMKC is coming off of a really, really bad loss. They lost to non-D1 Lincoln College of Missouri. To lead off the Marvin Menzies era. And I tell you right now, I was not much of a fan of Marvin Menzies when he was coaching out here in lovely Las Vegas for UNLV. 
I think that this is a little bit of disrespect for an LS, for a UMKC bunch going up against an LSU team that they returned one guy that saw minutes last season in Milwaukee Wilkerson. Wilkerson, four points, three rebounds per contest. He was able to deliver a little bit of something, but man, this LSU team, it is completely a new look bunch. They have Matt McMahon coming into the fold after he was coaching last season at Murray State, and he brings a lot of guys with him. Someone like KJ Williams was able to put in their 15 plus points per contest at six foot ten. He's able to shoot threes. Trey Hannibal, he began his career in the SEC playing for South Carolina. He's able to give you a seal per contest, few rebounds, very versatile guy. Justice Hill, five assists per game. He does a good job generating steals himself, and those are all nice pieces, but how are they going to coexist with someone like an Adam Miller who did not play last season two seasons ago? Is that Illinois? He was a starter as a freshman for that backcourt, so he's someone that has a lot of talent. You've got Sean Phillips who's on the fold as a seven-footer. He should be able to do some nice things for this team, and also do take a look at Derek Fountain along with Kendall Coleman, a pair of six foot eight to six foot ten gentlemen that are a bit under the radar. Coleman a little bit of an up transfer last season while he was at Northwestern State was able to deliver 15 points, 10 rebounds per game. But I do think that the tempo is going to be a little bit more slow in this game. Marvin Menzies has never been known for cranking up the tempo. And if you take a look at Matt McMahon, never really played fast, never really played slow at Murray State, but his teams always did a good job on defense. As a matter of fact, last season they were in the top 25 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. As a result, I did set my total at 136F. This is going to be an ordeal where I'm going to be taking a look at the total under with LSU. I think it's going to take them a little bit of time for all these pieces to gel, so I can only make them a 20.5-point favorite, and best believe that UMKC wants to wipe away the sting of losing to a non-D1 school a few days ago, and Something that never stings and is always terrific, being able to talk some Pac-12 football. We're going to be doing so next with Danielle Avari as we do a nice deep dive on the Pac-12. And that's coming up on the flip side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Your next win is a broom. Play for free fantasy baseball, football, and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 contests and compete for your share of $41,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash MillerLite now to dive in on the action. MillerLite, great taste, less filling, 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details and please do celebrate responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Danielle Alvari. This is our deep dive with her in terms of the Pac-12, vcin.com slash subscribe to get more of Danielle Alvari and just all the great coverage that she does over here at vcin. And Danielle, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, Greg, I appreciate you working through the technical difficulties with me. Uh, no Wi-Fi still for me over here, but happy to be here on the phone. Oh, goodness, that is not fun to say the least, but with that said, it is fun to take a look at the Pac-12. And before we dive into what we're going to be seeing this week, what did you make out of USC being overtaken by a two-loss LLC? Because I thought that that was a little bit strange, and for USC, I think that's a little bit disrespect for them, and perhaps it fires them up for coming weeks. You mean as far as football? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I wasn't completely shocked because I think we've seen these kind of cracks in USC so far leading into this season. And it's obviously to their benefit that they're going to be able to place a, face a team like Colorado this week, especially on a Friday and especially at home. But I think that the cracks were there from the beginning with this USC team. No one's expecting a lot out of this defense at this point. Uh, as we know, the offense is very prolific and you can speak highly of that, but it's just not going to get it done if you're not getting your defenses, keeping your offense on the, or keeping them off so long. 
Yep, and when it comes to USC, the basketball program losing by double figures on their home Florida, <laughs> Florida Gulf Coast, they are probably hoping to talk a little bit more college football right now because they're hoping that things fall back into line a little bit more there. But taking a look at the Colorado versus USC game, we've got a total of 66 and USC laying 34. I think that USC is demonstratively better, and I think that this would be a case where if the total goes over, it's pretty much USC all by themselves, and I don't put it past them to be able to put up like 63, which would be nine touchdowns in this game. But this is ultimately one of those games where on a Friday night, if you're really jonesing for some action, take a look at the college basketball betting board just because when you're laying this big in numbers <laughs> in college football, I think that's really a dark and depressive place, and I think that it's very tough to be able to extract a lot of value when it comes to a line like this. Absolutely, and I'm with you at this point in the season when college basketball is just getting underway. There's a lot of money to be made on that and value to be found in those early college basketball lines as opposed to these football lines, especially in a total mismatch like this. I mean, you know, I'm talking about Colorado not being able to score. They're not really able to defend either. In fact, the only category that they're not ranked higher than 100 in is passing yards, and they're ranked 95th. So they're not going to be able to stop them. They're not going to be able to score points. So really, are you thinking that Colorado can put up 10 if USC puts up 56, something like that, to maybe get you over the 66 total. So it's interesting because we've been seeing this USC totals in the 70s and it's tempting to look at a 66 and go, oh, this is an easy over, but Colorado's not going to help you out at all. And ironically enough, in the Pac-12, we just have a lot of blowout matchups. And sure, we could get some upsets here, but right now the only line that I'm seeing below 13 is Arizona State and Washington State. Washington State they are coming in a 7.5-point favorite. Toronto's game is 61 for a Washington State team that I think that they've got a great home field, and they're coming off of just completely dismantling Sanford. But with Washington State, I feel like they've been having the highest ceiling and the lowest floor of any team in the Pac-12 because they get that nice win on the road against Wisconsin. They just completely blow the doors off of Sanford. But then again, they go to Oregon State. They lose by two touchdowns. This is a squad that they did not have necessarily the world's greatest showing when you saw out of the fold for Utah, their starting quarterback as well. So, I mean, it's been an up-and-down Washington State team, and I don't know what to make out of them as they're going to be playing against an Arizona State team that they've really been able to right the ship a little bit more the last few weeks. Yeah, I agree. And as far as defense goes in the Pac-12, the only team that I can really vouch for is this Washington State team. Uh, did you mention that the total's in that 60 still? Because that's interesting to me. I could see this going under, uh, especially because I rely a lot more on the Washington State defense than their offense, which is, again, the only team in the Pac-12 I can speak for. The ASU side of things, again, it's so streaky, right? And I do think that they're going to struggle against these co- the Cougars here uh, a little bit more so, obviously, than any other team in the Pac-12, if I haven't made that clear yet. So I do think that Arizona State could cover here, but I do think that the under is the way to look for this game. I think that's the only way I've been looking to play these Pac-12 games right now because they've been so chaotic. Yeah, they have been relatively chaotic, and I just mentioned it. Lots of big spreads out in the Pac-12 right now, and I know that UCLA is very near and dear to your heart, and they're going to be playing us at Arizona, and right now we're seeing this line at 19.5 and a total of 77.5. I remember when Arizona played against USC and there was a similar total and we both agreed that, you know what, it's warranted in this spot. I don't know if I can vouch for a 77 and a half, but I do think that ironically enough, because 77 is what you get if you get 11 touchdowns and the extra point that the hook might actually be coming into play here. But that said, I, I just can't take a 77 and a half over. Yeah. 
It's really tough. I mean, this is well over 14 points above the average that UCLA games have seen so far this season. And as I mentioned, the Pac-12 defense has not been stellar all around. I will say that the reason that you're seeing something like this is more similar or probably should be pointing to the fact that Arizona is seventh in passing yards on offensive side of things. And we know that UCLA is struggling on the defensive side in particular in their secondary. I wouldn't even say their safeties. It's really their defensive backs have been struggling really badly. We saw that versus Oregon. They were just able to pick them apart. So you have a pass-heavy team like Arizona. We saw what they were able to do against a USC, who, again, has been struggling on the defensive side as well. That's why I think you're seeing a total here so high. But you hope that UCLA's defense can do a little bit more, be a little bit more effective than USC was able to be. Uh, it's tough because both these teams can pass. But as far as points scored, Arizona's 52nd. So they can pass all they want, but if they can't put points on the board, which I think could be their issue against UCLA, who does a good job on those third down, uh, preventing those third down conversions, then that could create an issue for them in the long run. But it's such a high total, I wouldn't dare play it anything but under if I touched it. But also, what are you supposed to do with this spread? Why, who wants to lay this many points? Yeah, that's so true. And if there was a representation for the Arizona defense, because they always show like, where teams rank in terms of like passing yards allowed and everything like that. The graphic on VEASAN should just be a big giant frowny face because Arizona's <laughs> given up 45 plus points in four straight weeks, which is just absolutely mind-numbingly bad. Perhaps this is a spot for them, but hey, I mean, 45 to 30, that would get you your under at the current number. So there is that aspect of I like it. What, I like I like what Jed Fish is doing with the offense. I'll say that. And so, again, you're seeing this really high total, but it does seem obscene for how many points we've been seeing so far in UCLA games. Yep, and this feels a little bit obscene as well as Stanford. They just got completely torched last week. They gave up 52 points. They were not competitive in that game at all. Now they have to go on the road against Utah, Utah team, in which it's been a very, very fascinating to take a look at them. Cam Rising has been dealing with injury, as we know. He was able to get back out there against Arizona. Didn't necessarily look 100%, but Utah still was able to put up in that game 45-plus points. And for Sanford, not a great year, to say the least. Currently, they are a 24-point underdog with a total of 53.5. So that means that they are expecting a relatively bad showing here from Sanford. If anything, I do sort of like the over, just because Sanford, they're getting torched as well right now on defense. But... What do we make out of Sanford team that they went on the road and they knocked off Notre Dame, and then last week against Washington State, they got curb stomped by 38? I think that speaks maybe more to Notre Dame than it does to Stanford, obviously. I'm very upset about Stanford allowing Washington State to offense to go off in this manner because I, this was my game that I liked to be under, even with such a low total, and I go and see how this game plays out. And, of course, Washington State puts up 52 points. It's just uncharacteristic of – Two teams that, again, I would point to maybe having relatively good defense for Stanford and definitely having a solid defense for Washington State. So it's, uh, it's definitely disheartening if you're a Stanford fan, I would say, to say the least. But Stanford at Utah, we talk about it over and over again. Utah is a hostile environment. Stanford season is absolute garbage at this point. There's not a single category that they're stellar at. And even the areas that you thought maybe they were succeeding at, like defending against the pass, they're 40th ranked in that did not go well for them last week. So maybe we get a little bit back on track here, but at this point, what are they playing for? Yeah, I do not know what they are playing for at this point. And when it comes to this game as well, it is a little bit of a mystery to me as Oregon State currently find themselves a 13 and a half point favorite against Cal. We mentioned that there's not a lot of defense to be played here. Give me in about 45 or sec- 
45 or so seconds where you're taking a look at this game because total is 49, the list that we're seeing in the Pac-12 this week. Well, Cal can't score unless they surprise us, which they have this season. They're a little bit of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation. Oregon State defense has been solid. Their offense is kind of finding its rhythm, especially with the lack of consistency at quarterback so far. I understand why the total is this low, but I think I learned my lesson betting the Stanford-Washington State under last week, so maybe a touch too low for me to actually bet an under on this one. And Jack Plummer has actually been halfway decent for Cal this year, coming in for Purdue, so he's been able to do a nice job, but doesn't do as great of a job as you, Danielle. Always do appreciate the time. You're one of our best contributors here at the network. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Greg, and, and welcome back to college basketball season. Yes, welcome back to college basketball season, but another basketball season that's raging on that's the NBA. We've got a very full slate on Wednesday. We'll be diving into that next here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Ball sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Scorer Insurance, Friday Night College Football Get Plus Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Head over, over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today, as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Veasan, the Sports Bank Network, and a big thanks. First things first to Danielle Avari for joining me in the last segment. Catch all of her deep dives on the Pac-12, college football, college basketball. This goes on and on, vcin.com slash subscribe for all of those. And a big thanks to the producer who does a great job of booking all these great guests as Jason Connie does absolutely terrific work. One of the best producers you're going to find out here in the business. The show says the Great Peterson experience, but it really does take a team to be able to make it all work. You've got Taylor, my audio engineer. He does a great job night in and night out. All of you guys listening on VEASAN.com and just being able to listen on Terrestrial Radio as we've been able to add quite a few affiliates. I do appreciate all of you guys that are tuning in, and Taylor is the reason why you're hearing things so crisp and clean. And then you've got my technical director, Nick. I know that he's been working quite a long shift, and he's a guy that he brings it every single day. Very important to everything that we do because all the graphics that you're seeing on VEASAN.com and you're seeing whether that be on YouTube TV or insert your streaming device, your streaming platform here, you're able to see it thanks to Nick. So these guys, they're the best in the business. I do appreciate all of their tremendous efforts. And speaking of guests, we're going to be joined by Grant Mitchell in about 10 to 15 minutes. He's the host of the Fade the Public podcast and does some great work over there at Forbes. We're going to be talking a little bit of NFL with him. So we're in a little bit of everything. We're in college football. We're hitting college basketball. We already did those two sports. We're going to be hitting NBA in this segment. And next segment, we go NFL. So four for four on that. And let's take a look at the NBA because what I think is the most interesting thing going on in the NBA right now is just what we're seeing out of the Brooklyn Nets. As right now, they are in the battle for the great state of New York, a two and a half point favorite. And the total on this game, it is 223 and a half. And it's just one of these cases where with Kyrie Irving being suspended, I feel like the weight of the world has just been lifted off of the rest of the Brooklyn Nets because there's no doubt about it. Kyrie Irving is better than the replacement players that they're bringing in for Kyrie Irving. There is no question about it. And I know that there's a lot of different opinions about Kyrie Irving and what has all happened with that ordeal. I am not here to talk about that. I am here to try to make you guys some money. And that is exactly what we're going to be sticking to. But 
you have to feel like in terms of just the way that the team is playing right now, just not having to deal with as many questions after the game, not having to read as many press clippings about everything that's going on, and you're just able to go out there and play basketball, that's absolutely tremendous. To relate this a little bit more to real life, I'm sure that I'm talking to a lot of people that have very, very hardworking jobs, and you guys all do a tremendous job. Let's say that you work a typical 9 to 5. You go into work, and you don't have to deal with, like, Anything in terms of the children, everything's all happy there, and you're able to just go into work, you're able to focus on your job. Typically, things are going well. Meanwhile, when you're having to deal with the children, having like to go off to college or things like that, over the weekend, you have to pay a visit to insert person here. Sometimes that just leads to a little bit of cloudiness. Sometimes you're just thinking, man, when I get home, I have to deal with this, that, and the other. That's sort of the equivalence for the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion. No longer do they have to go home and think, oh man, I have to deal with this, that, and the other. They're able to just go out there, play basketball, and that has been very good for them. They are 3-0 and against the spread ever since the Kyrie Irving suspension, and I do think that there is something to just having a clear mind, being able to go out there and just go play basketball. That's what all these guys want, and that's exactly what they're getting right now. Kevin Durant has been able to do an incredible job for this team. He's averaging 31 points per contest now. They need to try to find a little bit more of a number two as Right now, the number two scorer has really been Nick Claxton, as it's been a little bit hit or miss in terms of the three-point shooting of this team. Royce O'Neal along with Cam Thomas. And Thomas is a guy that I actually really like came in, coming out of LSU a few seasons ago. And with the Kyrie Irving suspension, he's been the guy that has stepped up. 19 points is what he's averaging over the last three games. He had a 17-burger. He then had 21 and 19. This is a guy that is getting an opportunity, and he's taking it and running with it. No doubt, he's not Kyrie Irving, but at the same time, he's a guy that should have been getting a few more minutes to start with. They have now unlocked him, so I think that that's something to take a look at. And if you're taking a look at player props as well, I'm assuming that most of these are going to be coming out more in terms of the AM. I'm seeing a few up on DraftKings right now, but that said, if you're able to perhaps get a little bit of a player prop on him, that might be worth taking a look at. I just scoured DraftKings, and as of right now, I'm not seeing anything on him, but if you're seeing a low number, that could be worth diving into as right now I'm just seeing more of the main guys for this game like Royce O'Neal, Kevin Durant and company but that's it might be something to take a little bit of a look at and then on the flip side for the New York Knicks hard team to really make out in general because there are a bunch that in my opinion they have been one of the more interesting teams right now they are clocking in at five and five they're not tremendous on defense but they're not bad on defense their offense has actually been halfway decent this season but and said it's been, in my opinion, not due to the three-point shooting. Obi Toppin has been able to really emerge. He's been able to give the team some nice versatility. But past that, you really don't have a lot of knockdown shooters. Cam Reddish, we're waiting for him to be able to bust out a little bit more. He just has not been able to the last few seasons with the New York Knicks. Julius Randle, you know that he's going to go out there and he's going to be able to step stuff the stat sheet and for Jalen Brunson has been a little bit of an uneven start to the season but he's been able to rein it in a little bit more recently 20 plus points each of the last four contests does a good job of being able to dole out the ball really doesn't turn the ball over like a lot but I do think that the Nets they just have a little bit of a second wind in themselves now not having Kyrie Irving out there it's sort of like when you see a coach get fired and the team for like the first week or two they get all riled up they don't come down from reality. Guys are getting an opportunity like Cam Thomas, who I was mentioning a little bit earlier. And I think that right now you're seeing that very much with the Brooklyn Nets. I'd be willing to lay it here. I'm much more of an in-game better. And I do think that the Nets, they might be presenting some interesting opportunities. And we just see that in Knicks games in general. It feels like you get a lot of 
herky-jerkiness in terms of New York Knicks game. So I'd be taking a look in game, but if I had to play a pregame, I'd be looking at the Nets. I do think that they're playing with a little bit more, shall we say, zeal, and they just have been able to really excel in general. How will this team bounce back from a loss is the question. The Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Oklahoma City Thunder as a six-and-a-half point favorite. And I do think that this is a good buy spot on the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, Giannis attended Kupo. He's a little bit banged up. He should be good to go for the Thunder, but I would say you probably don't want to be placing this bet right now. You probably want to just make sure that Giannis attended Kupo is out there because this line will sink if he's not out there. But that said, when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks, they've really gotten off to a nice start to the season. They lose that game against the Atlanta Hawks. As the Hawks, they were able to just really do a nice job of going bombs away from three-point range as they were able to shoot about 38% from distance. You had a good performance off the bench from a few guys that led to the Bucks not being able to get it done. But I've really liked what I've seen out of the big men of the Bucks. You've got Brooke Lopez, who's done a great job with his versatility, and then Bobby Portis. He had a 21-rebound game a couple days ago. I don't think that that's something that he's going to be duplicating a whole heck of a lot, but Bobby Portis has really been able to step up. He's averaging 11 boards per game, and a lot of these games, he's coming in off the bench. He's able to pop a few threes. His game has really been able to come along very nicely, and the Bucs have needed it because they've been without Chris Middleton to start the season. We shall see when he's able to return to the fold because that is going to add another dimension for the Milwaukee Bucks, but them being able to go 9-1 and one even with them injured, I mean, that just speaks to how this team has been able to build the roster, and I do think for the Oklahoma City Thunder, they've got a lot of upside. I do think that it's still a little bit of a work in progress, and I do think that they're going to be going back to reality, and I think that it could really be starting in this game, but Shea Goldress Alexander, probably something that you want to be taking a look at in terms of player props. Those of you guys that were listening to me about a week, week and a half ago, I actually have an 18-1 to ticket on Shea Goldress Alexander to win most improved player. Right now, I am feeling very good about that. As a matter of fact, at DraftKings, I have seen that come way, way down. He was actually the favorite at BetMGM. As I checked about 24 or so hours ago, so we shall see how he's able to develop. But the guy's been putting in there right around 30 points per contest. It has been very nice to see him be able to bust out. I do think that this could be a game which does go over the Bucks. They've been one of the better defensive teams in the NBA, especially with having to play a little bit of a bigger lineup without Chris Middleton. But take a look at the way that the Oklahoma City Thunder have been able to get their offense going in. Go what it is. They've been a little bit of a lesser defensive team as well. I think that it could lend itself to quite a few points. I do think that with the Oklahoma City Thunder, it's something to watch out for as well. Can they get a little bit more rebounding out of guys not named Josh Giddy as well? Because that's where this team is really vulnerable. And I do think that the Milwaukee Bucks, with having Bobby Portis, with having Brooke Lopez doing the solid job that they are down low, having all the versatility that they do as well, it is going to be nipping this team in the buck. But because I do think that someone from Bucknell in Mike Muscala might need to play a few more minutes for the Oklahoma City Thunder in this game as a result. So I'd be looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm a little bit more of an in-game NBA better, so might be a spot where you try to be able to pinpoint the Bucks if they get off to a little bit of a rough first quarter. But I also do think that you're going to be getting quite a few points in this game. Typically, I don't like a lot of overs in terms of player props. I think that you could see quite a few lend themselves to have quite a bit of value in this game, though. And what always lends quite a bit of value is taking a look at the NFL Grant Mitchell, he does a great job over there at Forbes. He is going to be joining me next. We're going to be taking a look at some of the things that he is looking for in what I think is a really good slate of Week 10 NFL action. We're going to be talking about that next right here on Beeson Esports Bank Network.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our, our college basketball season has begun, and now is the time to get the copy of our annual betting guide. It is over 400 pages long, and it's something that 
I've been putting in work since June on as it gives you odds, trends, power rankings, and analysis on every single team. I wrote up 23 different conferences. Matt Eumann did a great job with this. Wes Reynolds did a great job. Adam Burke, list goes on and on. John Von Tobel, can't forget about him as we give you predictions for season win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, breaking down all 60 of the coaching changes. List goes on and on. And the only way to be able to get this is by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just $99. You get everything that VEASAN Pro has to offer all the way through the Super Bowl. And you're able to sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And, and oh man, that is going to be a whopper. That is going to be most likely in your inbox Thursday morning. So be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout for this podcast. It is called Fade the Public. You're able to catch out wherever you find your podcast as contributor of Forbes, Grant Mitchell, is joining me right now. And Grant, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Greg. How are you doing this wonderful evening? Can I call it an evening? It's almost two in the morning over here, but how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I'm doing great, and have no fear. I'll be up at 2 a.m. myself taking a look at a lot of college basketball games, and it is a very good time of year, and it's a very good time of year when it comes to the NFL, and I know that you've got some thoughts when it comes to the MVP market because we all know the guys that are at the top right now. Josh Allen, he's probably taking a little bit of a hit because we are unsure of the exact extent of that injury, but he, Jalen Hurts, to a lesser extent, Lamar Jackson, though he would have to get on a very hot run here towards the back half of the season. They're towards the top of the odds board, but I know you've got someone that I was actually talking about on the show yesterday that you're taking a look at, and it's not a quarterback, so team, team me up on him. Yeah, so I actually have a couple of picks that I like for the MVP award this season, and I'm going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth throughout this conversation, so I want you to bear with me. All right. I'll start, I'll start with the the obvious, right? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Those are the two guys that everybody wants to hear their names thrown around. Patrick Mahomes leads the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Josh Allen is much more parabolic. He's way up and then he's way down and then he's way up again. We just saw that his odds plummeted because he's had six really bad quarters in a row. I think he's going to be going back up. If there's another player that I'm looking to break into this market from outside of the quarterback position, though, I am a big fan of Micah Parsons, the defensive end, honestly, the everything for the Dallas Cowboys. He got that scoop and score fumble recovery. He said that he wanted to start taking snaps at running back. We know what the Houston Texans did with J.J. Watt a few years ago, so anything is possible. But the way that he has wreaked havoc on this league, I think that it, his impact cannot be understated. He is the best player on that Dallas Cowboys defense. Right now, he just might be the best defensive player in the league. I don't want to give him that title because Aaron Donald has garnered that reputation and it's unfair to remove it from him when Parsons has only had one and a half professional seasons. But right now, he's more dynamic than any other defensive player in the league, and I think his impact is higher than anybody else. Yeah, but I do think that Micah Parsons has been just absolutely amazing. The way that he is able to completely wreck a game is something, and then a guy that I'm taking a look at as well. And I think that you've got a lot of admiration for what he's been able to do this year is Tyreek Hill because I think that he's got a little bit of value when it comes to MVP. It would need to be a very big second half of the season, but over 1,100 yards this season, we're all talking about how big of a season the Dolphins are having. And I think a lot of it is just how big of an impact Tyreek Hill is having as we came into the season thinking, oh, Tyreek Hill is going to really regret taking the money. And that's far I don't think he's doing so. Listen, again, we could go back to talking out of both sides of our mouth. It was Tyreek Hill is going to regret this, 
and Patrick Mahomes is going to suffer without Tyreek Hill, right? Have either of those things happened? No, no sir. Patrick Mahomes is doing just fine, and Tyreek Hill is somehow doing even better. And it brings up an interesting conversation because we look at the Miami Dolphins, and what's the headline right now? They're undefeated with Tua at quarterback. That's what's gotten him into the MVP conversation, especially when you consider that a lot of people were saying it's time for the Dolphins to move off of Tua in the offseason. But he's come back this season, been super resurgent, played very well, so you have to give him credit where credit is due. But with all of that being said, Tyree Kill's impact, I think, is you can't even put it into words. And we see this all over the league with young quarterbacks getting their receivers, and not even just young quarterbacks, older quarterbacks too, like Kirk Cousins, with Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs. When a quarterback gets that guy, it completely changes everything. And this is not to discredit Jalen Waddell either. He has twice as many receiving touchdowns as Tyreek Hill does this year. He's over 800 yards on the season. But Tyreek Hill, through the nine games, 1,104 receiving yards, on pace to break the single season record. And if this was still a 16-game season, he would only be one yard shy of Calvin Johnson at this current trajectory. Is he more than capable of making up a one-yard difference? Absolutely. This guy is electric, and he is must-watch television, and I think he is the driving force of that Dolphins offense. And, and one more thing, if I can throw this in here. Absolutely. Mike McDaniel has done an incredible job with this team. He has come in. He's found a way to get the playmakers in space. Tua, although he is in, in the MVP conversation, is still not perfect. Like, we see him underthrow Waddle and Tyreek Hill on some deep balls. We see him miss a couple easy ones. He's still got a turnover in him here and there. McDaniel's found a way to blend all of his key players together, and that's why the Dolphins are in the spot that they're in right now. Yep, and we've talked a lot about flashy teams right now, as right now we're finding the Dolphins as a three and a half to a four-point favorite against the Cleveland Browns. We'll probably hit that game in a minute, but... First, I want to get to what is pretty much your ugly dog play of the week, and I do like this one. The Giants, they are going to be playing out the Houston Texans. Texans are a six-and-a-half-point underdog, and when it comes to the Texans team, you know that you're going to get a very fair and you're going to get a very good effort out of them. Now, it hasn't resulted in a lot of straight-up wins, but I like the way that Pierce has been running in the backfield. Damian Pierce on Thursday Night Football, over 130 yards, and with this, Houston, with this Giants team, they've been able to do a solid job of getting those wins, but... Man, they have been a very charmed team towards back half of games. And when it comes to the Giants, I think that this could be another game which they win straight up, but they win by less than a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to ignore you calling everybody in Houston ugly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. This is probably going to be a game that is along the lines of what you were describing. You can get the Texans at plus six and a half, and we can just go into simple betting talk here, right? The plus six and a half is big time. It's one of those important numbers in football. They're normally three, six, and seven. So to give it at six and a half, as long as they lose by less than a touchdown, they can cover. I don't fully expect them to win the game. I do think that they can give the Giants a really good challenge. If you watch them play the Philadelphia Eagles, they were right there with them through the first three and a half quarters. They were down, they were down by one score in the fourth quarter. Um, they came out, they gave the Eagles a knockout punch. The Eagles were a little a little rattled. They ended up coming back because they are the better team. But Houston, like you said, has been valuable in spreads. They're 4-3-1 and one against the spread. And I know that the Giants are 6-2, and two, but that's because their expectations were so low at the start of the year. And to be honest, I'm still not fully convinced of them. And I don't like to do this because I want to give them their credit. I think Brian Dable's done a phenomenal job 
The big criticism on Daniel Jones was that he can't hold on to the football. He can't stop throwing it to the other team. He hasn't fixed that for the most part. But this is a trap game for the Giants. And I think last week was a trap game for the Eagles, and the Texans were right there. They still covered the spread, by the way. I think if they had, if they had converted one more opportunity, they could have actually won that game outright. And I'll tell you why it's a trap game. The Giants are coming off of a bye week. And normally when you're later into the season, that's good for teams. You're getting rest. You're getting much-needed study time. How motivated do you think the Giants are to play the Texans? My guess is not really. And, and I want to say it's no disrespect to the Texans, but it is disrespect to the Texans. You look at their record, they're the worst team in the league right now. I just don't think the Giants are getting up for this game. And for a team that has been tied or trailing in all but one fourth quarter in their eight games so far, that's not a good thing. The bye week disrupts the momentum. It gets them out of their flow. I think the Texans can come in. I don't quite have the guts to take them on the money line, but I would not be surprised to see them win. And for that reason, I am definitely taking them at plus six and a half. Yep, and with the Giants, I do have a question as to whether or not the luck is going to be there for them towards back half of games as well. I do think that that's going to be drying up, and I'm so glad that you point out the critical number of seven as we've got lots of critical numbers in the NFL, and they're very important to take note of. Vison.com slash subscribe for all of our pro tips. Keep in mind that six games last week in the NFL, a, ga- a week in which you had quite a few, ga- few teams on by, Six games landed on the number three, so I'm glad that you pointed that out. And Grant, I know you're doing a great job over there at Forbes. I know you're doing a great job taking a look at the NFL. I do appreciate the time tonight. Thank you so much. Yep, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Grant Mitchell doing great work, and his podcast is the Fade the Public podcast. You're able to find that wherever you get your podcast. And once again, that pro tip is respect those Respect those critical numbers, and especially the number of three. Like I said, six different games in week number nine in the NFL. It landed on three, and lots of college basketball games do land on three as well. If there's a critical number in college basketball, I do think it's three. Obviously, much fewer critical numbers in college basketball rather than the NFL, but coming up next, we're going to be going to the hardwood. We've got a solid slate for Wednesday, so I'm going to be diving into it next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. The BetRivers Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. BetRivers Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one-time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes BetRivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.